I can promise you that there's people who, even if they do run a pilot phase, running into these chunks where they're like, this isn't working. How many people are actually walking away from their course saying it's not worth trying to figure this out or trying to implement something else or create a whole other learning container to help the clients with this one thing that was very heavy for me to have to try and figure out on my own. So I thought, okay, well, you have a course that actually helps people do this. Why don't we just put your course, in my course, and then you win because you know, you're getting the license payment for it. And I win because I don't have as much work to do. And my clients win because the learning environment has been maximized. So it, to me, it's a no brainer to, to position it that way. Creating courses and programs for your brand can be a massive undertaking, which could take years. The guests on your greatest work podcast have poured their heart, their soul, their finances into creating amazing products for their business with the intention of reaching more people, generating more income, spending less time while generating that income and achieving success in all of its forms. Let's welcome today's guest as we discuss their challenges, joys and ambitions to transform lives with their learning offer. You can't generate passive income with integrity until your offer is truly transformational and you can prove that it gets results for your clients. Clients are done with crummy courses and we're gonna talk about how to make your greatest work. I'm your host, Manya Horner. Some traits which were formerly a negative in my life, such as attention to detail, out of the box thinking, yearning to do things differently and dreaming bigger than anyone around me, these used to be my shame, but now they're my greatest asset. Prepare for an intelligent conversation with people who are open for feedback and exercising humility as they continue in this pursuit of lifelong learning. Grab a notebook and capture some strategies that you can implement right away in the next iteration of your course. I'm so pleased that Sarah Swain and I are recording this episode because we become dear, dear friends and absolute deeply embedded collaborators over the last six months. I couldn't think of a better business coach for you if you are true to yourself, authentic, and you don't mind some swear words along the way. Sarah's an <laughs> awesome business coach if you are planning your own um, brand new startup. She's just super talented. And I'd like to talk a little bit in this episode about Sarah's business about our work together and something that we've been teasing for the last number of weeks. And that is all about licensing content. What does that mean actually when you are on the buying end of licensing contact content? So thanks Sarah for being here. Um, I'm really excited for this conversation. I think a lot of people are very curious to know more about this model and hopefully we can dig into it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so Sarah, you started um, with a really awesome group coaching program back in the summer strategy mm -hmm. for success or strategy to success. Yes. So start there and tell us how did we get involved and what was it like to be in that position of creating a brand new program and going, okay, I wonder if this is any friggin' good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a, this is a big question. I'll try and, and keep it simple. Um, there's kind of a couple of reasons why I wanted 
let's call it a third party involvement in the construction of my course. Uh, one being, we know that uh, digital courses are kind of the gold standard when you think about offering something online and having that dream state of passive income. Um, but we also know that there's a lot, a lot of courses out there, especially in the world of business coaching. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that I had an edge uh, in my industry that uh, the course and the content and the teachings that I was putting out were of uh, not just high quality from an experience standpoint, but highly impactful from a client success standpoint. And I find, and I'll be completely honest here, that a lot of courses, even ones that I've purchased in the past, even from people that I consider to be very reputable in industries uh, that are relevant to the type of work that I do or that I need assistance with, were lacking in uh, substance, mm -hmm. in application, in the ability to actually take what has been taught and put it into play. So for me, being someone who is highly, highly action-oriented, it's important for me to provide that same type of experience for the clients that choose to hire me. Otherwise, all I'm doing is sharing information and knowledge that I know and I have and kind of hoping that my clients know what to do with it and how to actually put it into play and produce the results that they want. The second reason is... It's one thing to know stuff. It's one thing to be an expert in something. And I consider myself to be incredibly well-rounded when it comes to digital business. It's a whole other ball game to be able to teach that to someone. So bringing you into my pilot program seemed like a very obvious move to make if I wanted to be successful in both of those things. So making sure that I've got a digital course that really stands out from what else is in the industry, while also making sure that the folks who are on the receiving end of my course, the people who invested in it, are actually able to take from it, digest it, understand it, and then know how to apply it in order for them to be successful in what they do. Totally. You are such an intuitive person when it comes to creating this content. I found that when I came in to audit your, your pilot program, I found like, okay, the content here is really good. You had really strong instinct. And so I think that served you really well. And when I was taking a look at your course, I was looking at some of the things that really only a learning designer would be looking for. There was nothing right. wrong with the flow. There was nothing wrong with the content. Really what I was looking at more was quantity. Like, is this yep. too much? Yes. Uh, is the delivery format right for people? Like, is it too video heavy or is it considering accessibility for people? You know, we added in some suggestions for some more tools, which you've done an awesome job at. Like, instead of showing people calculations, give them the template that's already yes. formatted. Because like, that's a huge like leap for people to make a template for themselves that works. Yeah. Um, so like, I think 
the other thing was just building in those elements of surprise and mm-hmm. fun and kind of gamification and accountability. So I was looking at also like, how can you collect feedback from people that is going to give you the answers you need when you want to mm-hmm. go and make changes and iterate? So like, how do you do that? What are the questions to ask? And how do you track people's results and measure them? Because like, it's one thing to be a teacher, as you say, yes. and to be the expert and share knowledge. But when you are a learning designer, you're actually putting on some different hats. You're becoming like a neuroscientist and a behavioral (laughs) psychologist. Yes. Yes. You're becoming like a shoulder and a therapist. And you're you're like stepping into so many different roles, not to mention Mm -hmm. copywriter and game maker, for goodness sake. It's like, how many more hoops do I have to jump through and hats do I have to put on as a learning designer? It's actually pretty comprehensive role. So as an auditor, that's what I'm looking for. It's very underestimated too. I Mm -hmm. find, I think when people think, okay, I know how to do something. I can turn this into a course and then have passive income. And that's, you know, the the great achievement in the world of digital business, but that can be very short-lived. Even if you're a pro at sales and marketing, Mm -hmm. simply because if your product is not actually helping people do what it's allegedly designed to do, then people will just stop coming. People will stop sharing it. People will stop talking about it. People will stop referring you because no one's actually achieving those results. And and like you said, there are so many hats that we have to put on, take off. Sometimes we have to wear them all at once when we're creating a learning environment. So the things that you were pointing out to me And I've put a lot of thought into this thinking, would I have ever come up with that on my own? Mm. And I don't honestly don't think I would have because my focus is on teaching people about how to start their business as opposed to making such a memorable learning experience that what they're absorbing becomes nearly impossible to forget. And that's, what's really important to me is uh, the sustainability of what people are now able to do as a result of moving through my course, because it's unlike anything that they have invested in before, but that's because of your input, that audit that you did. And in the pilot phase where I think you sent me a spreadsheet of like, I don't know, 67 (laughs) different lines. I'm like, Oh, Oh my dear God. But too many in hindsight. No, but it was, it was so helpful. And, and I think that's the other Uh, factor where people may be hesitant to go into a pilot phase, go do formal testing, collect formal feedback, measure tangible results and experience, and then put in that, that work and that effort to iterate and put out the next version of it. That's even better than the initial launch that you did. Um, I know there's reservation there because of course it's time. Mm -hmm. Of course it's money, but It's ego. It's ego. It's It's like, like, I got to take feedback. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got to take that out. No one liked that. Or like, no one thought that was as awesome as I did. Or Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, that sucks that I didn't think of that first. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's of course ego at play, but if we really want to play the true game of sustainability in business, which I don't understand why anyone want any, anything other than sustainability in business, uh, this is reality. This is the route that we need to be taking. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, like how it felt to get that audit. I think it is, it's empowering and also can feel a bit vulnerable because you are being exposed to scrutiny in a kind way, you know, but that constructive feedback 
can be like, oh, now, now I know better. So now I actually have to do something with this if I have integrity, <laughs> which is also kind of a pain. There's a responsibility um, yeah. of it too, right? <laughs> There's yeah. a responsibility. So as part of that audit, another thing that came up was that people were getting stuck at, in particular for your um, program, it was the offer phase. It was like, okay, yes. now I want to actually make my own thing. So whether that be I make a, a coaching program myself, or I make a course myself or a workshop, people were getting stuck there. So what was your solution? I mean, yeah, hint, it was licensing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what did that process feel like for you? Was that something you thought you could do? Had you done that before? Yeah, I definitely never done it before. Um, but I also know that I would not have been led to finding that solution that was absolutely needed in my own course had we not gone through the pilot phase in conjunction with the audit phase, because that collection of data, that collection of observations and really watching how people are moving through my course, it was undeniable. There was a gap as soon as they got to this one section and recognizing that, okay, am I the right person then if this is where my clients are getting stuck, am I the right person to be able to provide uh, deeper knowledge and understanding of this particular portion of my course? Or is this something, again, when we speak about having integrity, is this something that is actually better suited for a true expert in the realm of creating offering, creating learning environments for people, creating uh, user experiences and, and platforms that actually generate success. It wouldn't have made sense for me if I hadn't have provided that, because if that's where my clients are getting stuck, they may learn from me and my platform, how to identify the target market, how to know them backwards, inside out, upside down, how to uh, prepare for your launch, how to create marketing content, how to sell. That's where my area of expertise is, how to create engaging content, how to connect with people. That's where I thrive. That's where my zone of genius is. I had to be really honest with myself and say, okay, could I create some more content on this portion of my course? The answer, yes, I could have. Was I the best person to do it though? And the answer was absolutely not, especially knowing what I had learned through the audit process of things that would have never been on my radar. Mm -hmm. So it became very obvious to me that hiring that out or licensing it out or delegating it out to an expert, AKA you to provide that for my clients is in the best interest of my clients because they're getting better content than I would be able to create myself. The other benefit of it was that it made my life easier because I was no longer responsible for creating that whole module of the course, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, it became easier. It became a lot less stressful for me too, knowing that, whew, okay, I have a solution for this, knowing that this was problematic in my pilot, knowing that this is where people were getting jammed up. All of a sudden that weight of how do I fix this? How do I make it better? I can promise you that there's people who, even if they do run a pilot phase, running into these chunks where they're like, this isn't working. 
how many people are actually walking away from their course saying it's not worth trying to figure this out or trying to implement something else or create a whole other learning container to help the clients with this one thing. That was very heavy for me to have to try and figure out on my own. So I thought, okay, well, you have a course that actually helps people do this. Why don't we just put your course, my course, and then you win because you know, you're getting the license payment for it. And I win because I don't have as much work to do. And my clients win because the learning environment has been maximized. So to me, it's a no brainer to, to position it that way. I'm so excited about this licensing model for Mm -hmm. two reasons, because yes, like if I'm on the selling side of packaging up my intellectual property and licensing that to you for use. It's awesome because it is very passive. You know, it becomes Mm -hmm. in this case, a totally passive form of income. Mm -hmm. um, And I can just keep leveraging my intellectual property. So it's really smart from a seller perspective, but it's also exciting from my perspective because as I'm building out the Boost Learning community this year, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of content that I want to make available for other education business owners like us, people Mm -hmm. who are coaching or teaching or creating courses or workshops for corporate or whatever, for that community, I want to bring in stuff that I don't necessarily have the model or the expertise to to solve their problems. So for me, it's exciting because I can't wait to be buying other people's licensed content for this community. It's just opens up a whole new world of actually really borrowing and leveraging other people's expertise in a smart way true collaboration. And I think that we're, we're kind of screwing up the concept of collaboration in the world of entrepreneurship, where a lot of people are going into projects kind of jointly and then sharing that entire project, as opposed to really staying in one zone of genius and allowing that other person or other people that you're working with to stay in theirs and collectively all that you contribute kind of adds up to that whole picture. And, you know, from your standpoint too, as the person that's licensing out the content, you're running with a brilliant business model as well for people to start considering doing with their own work. Um, Because for you, it is truly a passive uh, form of income now. And you also don't have to do the selling, right? Like that's, so for people to create licensed product and then have other people purchase them for their courses. Uh, it's kind of like a one and done kind of thing where you're not having to worry about launching and marketing and selling your stuff because someone else is doing it for you. Like I yeah. don't see anyone losing in this. <laughs> no. And it's so brilliant for, um, for somebody who's in that creator profile, you mm-hmm. know, like take all the different profiles and personality tests. But if you land really solidly in a creative type personality or role where you just want to build and create, and then you struggle with the sales or the promotion, it's a great business model. Um, I think of people like someone big, like Walt Disney, that's what created success. It's like he made how many millions off of a character that was a mouse? Like literally it was like leveraged to high heaven through licensing. Um, So it's a model that we can look at other industries film, you know, brands, kids, cartoons, they're all licensed models, (laughs) you know? So it's an awesome way for us to leverage our own, like if we've written a book or we have a model that works well or a sales process or a method, like 
you can sell that yeah. as licensed content. I think it's it's exciting and it's something that can be and should be looked at way more closely um, as a business model. It's under leverage right now across the board in the world of online, whatever industry you're in. Yeah, It's not something that people are even considering as a, oh, this is another way for me to create income online. Uh, I think a lot of people are shying away from online because they're like, oh, I don't want to get into sales. I don't want to do the social media thing. I don't like promoting myself. This is an option for people who are falling into that category. Yeah. So would you do this again? Would you license content again? And like, what has changed for you from a a perspective of business owner as a result of having tried this? This has opened my eyes because I, I run other businesses outside of my coaching practice and I have licensed content in the past to be able to support the publishing house, Mm -hmm. but not really thought about it in a way for anything new that we create. And as a person who is, like I said earlier, highly action oriented, very results oriented, I can tend to take on way more than I'm capable of chewing at any one time, which just means that I, I chew myself into burnout, which is usually yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has me looking, re-examining just about how I do business across anything that I do, uh, asking myself, where can I bring in the pros? Where can I uh, make better use of my investments, whether it's time, money, or other resources to create the best platform that I can with the right people and ultimately create the best environment and results and experience for the people that trust me with the money they're investing to uh, be able to do whatever it is that they're signing up with me in my businesses to be able to do. So mm-hmm. definitely a model that I will be taking forward with me into anything new that I create for sure. That's awesome to hear. And I think like as business owners mature, we're getting into that stage of, of thinking who, not how. And there's an awesome book by Dan Sullivan titled that. And I recommend reading it because that's an eye opener. Like, should we approach a situation with like, okay, I have a dream of creating a course or I have a dream of taking my my subject matter expertise and teaching people with it. Instead of asking yourself, how do I do this? And sitting down and writing out this big project plan to make videos and worksheets and whatever. Could a better question to ask yourself be, who can help me with this? Or who can take this on? Who is the best positioned person to make this project come to life. And I think the more we can lead this year with who, not how, we will be less burnt out and probably way more successful with getting products out to market faster. I I honestly don't think you can lose with that model of uh, just really understanding who your key players need to be Hmm. in your business, as opposed to trying to do it all yourself. So if there's ego there, recognize it and call it out. It's the best thing you can do for yourself and say, listen, you don't have to be the expert at everything. You don't have Mm -hmm. to know everything. You don't have to be responsible for everything. You don't have to be in charge of everything. Let yourself be excellent at what you do and let others be excellent at what they do too. Thanks so much, Sarah. I appreciate this conversation. Thanks for sharing your perspective on this and your experience with actually doing this licensing model and also getting your course audited. I'm going to do a wee little shameless plug here because I'm I'm running a series of live streams starting the end of January going into March. And I'm going to do this for free, but I want to support people with what is the thought process and the step-by-step journey that it takes to get to a position where you're like, 
dang it, I'm ready to make this course. So I'm actually providing a series of live streams to help people think through this process, Amazing. um, which I'm really excited about. It, It feels like I'm switching from theoretical in 2021 to super practical in 2022. So love that. Thanks for being on this journey, sharing your experience. And I want people to go and connect with you on social media, find you, and we're going to include the links here. But yeah, thanks again for sharing. Thanks, Mani. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please share, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and better yet, connect on social media. It can feel really isolating talking into this mic. It's tough for an extrovert like me. So please send me a message and let me know what you think of the show. I welcome feedback and ideas because I too am always learning from you. Thank you.